0: Hello, welcome everyone to ash's Pathfinders episode seventy-five. Today we're discussing Plans of the Pantheon where I have some uh what's the word I'm looking for? Where people have uh what is it called? Opinions. No. Where they they fumble over their words and have outtakes that um I want to blame on Pacha, but have to actually completely own for myself. Oh no, you can't you can blame oh, me for anything. Tourette's is what I was thinking about. Uh, Tourette's, God bless. I'm so tired. I have to get, I got coffee. I'm working on it. Hopefully about, you know, 10 minutes in it'll kick in all the way. But uh, bloopers, yeah, I know, man. <laughs> yeah, but welcome back, everybody. So um, I want to do something a little different today. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and introduce everybody. And after that, I kind of want to touch on some community uh questions and points of interest and discussion points that were on like Reddit and on the YouTube. So go ahead and go around Robin here. Welcome back, Mackie. Hello. Pacha.
1: Hi everyone.
0: And uh, Wondering Mist.
1: Good evening, everybody. Yeah, you gotta have cheers.
0: Should have seen some of the last several episodes I had with Daedalus on here, man. It was like there were like two or three weeks in a row where I just like fumbled over my words. For no reason. And uh, yeah, I don't even know, man. I have my good days and my bad days. But um, most recently, I think it was on the 20th of May. Now, of course, Steven did drop some videos again. I think it actually was just like one video since last week, right? Yeah, it was yesterday. Yeah, he dropped, um, I guess it was like a band, uh, like Briggins. a group of bandits. Yeah, brigands, And he, uh, he, he uh, tanked and spanked them. I think it was a tank he was playing with. But uh, aside from that, there were just kind of some discussion points. One of them was on the Twitter. And this one was interesting. I know some of us talked about this one a bit already, but it was a tweet on the 20th. uh, And it basically says, the center of the order makes its home here. And they have this image of this tower with like kind of a purple (laughs) lightning. And it almost looks like there's almost like an opening in the sky above it anyway this is the uh shadowed spire from one of their cosmetic uh cosmetic paths like what was it, like three months ago or something like that so, uh, maybe a little longer a little and longer I think. maybe it was probably longer than now wasn't it dang that one is a while back um, but anyway yeah. they kind of explained this one a bit and they've been doing this uh somewhat by design it seems like you're recently and they said that the countless relics are stored in its dim halls and devotees can found uh can be found praying within its corridors. Accomplished aspirants are allowed to rise to the higher floors, elevating themselves closer to the Storm Lord. Um and so there was some thoughts I had around that one, which is like, man, is this gonna be and we know this is like a cosmetic pack, but you know, the idea around that bit of information causes me to wonder if we're going to see something maybe an actual uh you know stationary place in the world that this exists potentially or something to where you know it's like um order halls challenge halls things like that you see in some games where sometimes it's like an instance uh i know people have feelings about instance content and more specific for it yeah we've talked about like you know arenas and which is probably a Conversation point that I'm going to tie our discussion into a little bit later when I read some of the um, uh, community members uh, kind of like questions or kind of uh, comments around videos and stuff. But we've talked about like arenas and we've talked about, uh, you know, dungeons being instanced and that not being something in terms of dungeons that they're really going to do uh, for the most part, uh, you know, not going to have like a queue you know, and that's also something we'll be touching base on a little bit more. But, you know, mm-hmm. the ideas around this, though, kind of elevating up through floors, you know, were there some ideas you all had around that? Because it seemed like a pretty, uh, pretty interesting way to explain some mechanic like that in game.
1: Silence.
0: <laughs> you guys had ideas uh, before. Mac- <laughs> like, it, it, talk. This. Okay.
2: Uh, I like this idea of... Uh, like a challenging type of uh, phase, phases of floors. I don't know how to describe it. Like an arena, I guess. Like levels. Um, or... Yeah, yeah, like levels. So I'm not familiar with WoW, but a lot of you referenced WoW. Um, only things I can reference for myself are the uh, motion Tower from Blade and Soul, where you would uh, fight each uh, fight a boss up to a certain level, and then uh, potentially if you felt that that um, boss. You would your progress would stop there, and then you could uh, you could come back later and continue on. And then uh, also in Elder Scrolls Online, the uh, Maelstrom Arena, Mm -hmm. even though it's not a tower, but it's uh, it's levels of bosses that you fight. Yeah, and you can continue to come back. So I'm super excited if they would implement something uh, something like that in Ashes. Uh, I think that goes back to the previous uh, discussion we had about. content drought mm-hmm. so that would keep things kind of fresh and uh going for uh, players who maybe want to challenge themselves yeah
3: yeah it would i i i think it's uh it's a it's a thing that would be like really really good to have in an mmorpg to have an ashes creation just like you said something some content like um, a arena or dragon star arena that we got the dragon star arena it's dragon star arena, right?
0: yeah dragon star arena was one yeah, yeah
3: exactly so like these kinds of arenas i know again they've said it over and over again they're not too hot with the idea of instanced content in the game i personally think it's a mistake instanced like instanced stuff can be extremely good if it's done well if it's not done a la anthem and from bioware where like everything has a million loading screens but if you get content that is behind an instance, I think it can be great, especially with stuff. So like, Mackie, you um, you talked about um, content droughts, something we talked about in previous discussions. And I feel like if they they, they make a few instances, kind of like Maelstrom Arena in ESO, if they make something that is procedural, like procedural encounters, uh, I think there are th- are planning on doing that World of Warcraft Shadowlands where like you have different encounters in the same instances in the same dungeon and it climbs in difficulty and it changes every time you go it's a different it's a different deal and I think that will really help clear uh like steer clear of a content drought for a good while if you have procedurally generated content Not necessarily areas, but content in itself, just so people can grind and grind and grind and just keep doing it without feeling that there's nothing to do.
1: Yeah, it can do. Um, The whole procedural generation thing has been done before. Final Fantasy XIV has, I can't remember what exactly it's called, but they have a procedural generation. It's a roguelike dungeon section that you just queue for. And it's okay. I personally don't like it. But I know other people do, so pick your poison, or pick what you prefer. Um, I'm rather hoping it will be like the Mage Towers, and the thing in WoW, so that's what Mackie was referring to, uh, in World of Warcraft, during Legion, you had the Mage Towers. There were a couple of things why this was so successful and so loved. First of all, it filled a niche for people who wanted challenging solo content, which was not in the game previously. If you wanted to do challenging stuff, you had to do it. Had to be grouped stuff. Uh, so the mage towers gave you something solo to do for that, which is really cool. And the second was that it rewarded you with skins uh, for your weapons, uh, which and some of them were absolutely amazing. And so those two bits combined, you had decent challenge and decent rewards combined together, and it uh, produced a really good experience for a lot of players.
3: Yeah. I think it'd be great and I feel like locations like the one that was tweeted um uh the, the 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 like the player house that they were selling with the how is it called again uh with the storm lord at new the shadowed spire yeah we were t- you were talking about it earlier and I feel like locations like that could be perfect for the, that type of content um that one is a player house and I think uh I have my own complaints and I that's a wild guess, but I'm pretty sure the person next to me, if I'm pointing right, <laughs> uh yeah that, yeah, that person right there has the same type of compl- uh, complaints as I do uh-huh. regarding uh lore bits that accompany uh the cosmetics oh. that we get for player houses and oh yeah, <laughs> <think laughs> there you go. I was right i think they should i think it should not be flavor texts. oh <laughs> <laughs> because okay. i've seen yeah, it in yeah. a tweet that um maki mm-hmm. made on twitter and mikey asked i mean you, you can tell the story Mikey. you made you made the tweet and they responded so go ahead
2: yeah so i was curious there was a, a cosmetic pack uh with an elvish tower that mm-hmm. uh you know, they have the obvious lore, fl- lore Flare underneath it. Mm. So I asked, is this also a place we can find in-game? Uh, and the answer was, uh, yes and no. So yes, it is a place that existed, but this is just written for flavor text or for uh, l- uh, lore Flare. So I'm like, Wah. so uh. this is not canon, you know? <laughs> Um, oh
3: good point on canon it's just flavor text it's yeah. not canon it doesn't tell us anything in. about the lore and they're like this location is super important in the past of vera mm-hmm. <laughs> but you're never gonna see it only right. players will get it and it's not gonna mean anything mm-hmm. yeah and it doesn't like that bit of lore that we got has absolutely no use Whatsoever for the lore masters of the game because you're never going to get to see it anyway. Mm. Yeah.
2: And that brings me back to a couple of shows we did back where, uh, Sim, you like this, uh, elven, elvish armor. Yep. That, uh, metal was some sort of like metal. Yeah. You could, yeah,
0: the bark, you could like take it and turn it into a metal. So that, Mm.
2: that, uh, uh, now is, you know,
0: yeah. In a sense. getting an idea feels bad man kind of coming yeah. into play here
1: yeah. Yeah. So, do you think maybe I'd, just I'd, it's a missed opportunity then oh. I
2: think
3: totally. it's a missed opportunity and a big mistake on their part yeah. it's not yeah. only a missed opportunity instead of going forward in one direction they went all backwards. the way backwards for me because now every time like I had this suspicion already but they confirmed it Every time I will see or reread any kind of um, lore description for an item, I'm just gonna read it and be like, "It's absolute bullshit. Like it, it <laughs> yeah. doesn't it doesn't mean anything. I don't need to read that
2: because yeah.
3: it has no like value, no weight in the actual lore."
2: Right. It kind of reminds me of. And uh, jump in if you guys know what I'm talking about the uh the infernal city book from the elder Scrolls.
0: i have that behind me i haven't read it yeah, yet. yeah i, 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 I want it to room on the other side. so
2: that piece of lore in the test universe is amazing amazingly mm. yeah. written just like mind-blowing and then since the guy left the studio they're like that's it's no not longer canon. canon yeah oh it's not canon. really we can rewrite yeah. it if we want it's and it's not amazing canon. it's an like, amazing lore? story like i won't spoil it for you go look it up google it whatever yeah. you want. it's an
3: amazing but, story like i think it's important and i um when swator was in development for those in chat who don't know what War is it's star wars the old republic um it's the star wars mmorpg that's still mm-hmm. around right now it, it came it came out it was kind of like a successor to star wars galaxies for mmorpgs in that setting and when it was in development they kept It's bioware. So like they kept bragging about how good the story was gonna be. And I remember the story was good. good. Like the the story was really good, um, for some classes. (laughs) But (laughs) (laughs) asterisk right there for some classes. (laughs) Only because
0: I understand.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But there's this book (laughs) that one of the writers for the game wrote for Swift War, and I bought it because Even though they said it's not going to be part of the lore that's in the actual game but it's in the same setting is just to show you what kind of writing we're going for i bought the book and i read it and it is still to this day one of my favorite books it's still to this day one of the best books i've ever read uh, for sotor or any kind of topic uh relating to science fiction or fantasy and it gave me a good idea of like what to expect in the game because i had a taste of the style they were going for but for ashes of creation the problem is that it's items like these descriptions that we have on items they're items that are going to be in the game it's not like the book i bought that was just a style like it was advertised as the writing style of the game they didn't like they said like they said as soon as they started promoting it it's maybe 200 years before, before the game, it doesn't matter. It's for the style of the writing, but then we get items that going, that are going to be in the game on Twitter and on the shop and everything for cosmetics. And they're like, well, it's just flavor text. So once again, we're back to, we're back to square one where I have no idea where we're standing with the lore. And I have no idea where we're standing in terms of storytelling and story style because those lore tidbits that we get for cosmetics are so small that, like, I don't have any story that I'm, that I'm being told from those items. There's um, like the um, there, there's an uh, an item that's a cosmetic for an armor that's a uh, I think it's like uh, two humans are dressed in leathers that lo- it looks like autumn, It looks like fall. Uh, It's gorgeous and it's like the protectors of the farmers and it's like a militia of people protecting farmers and stuff. And I bought that skin. I was like, that looks dope. I want that for my character and I want my character to be a farmer. So I was like, oh my God, it's going to fit perfectly. It's going to be part of a militia like that, like protecting the other farmers because he knows how to fight. But then I read the tweet where where Mackie actually asked a question and I'm just like, well, what the crap did I buy then? I just bought a skin for armor, but I bought it in part because of the story that was told within, like for that item.
0: Hey, Pacha, real quick, what was the book called? Do you by chance remember the name of the book for sort of the SWTOR oh, I mean,
3: good question. Just
0: curious. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to yeah. kind of
3: look at it. Uh, a yeah. book.
1: Tell you what, while you're doing that, I just want to <laughs> chip yeah, go in ahead. with um, what, you, what were you saying uh, um mm. do or in fact just an open question do you think that um, in would be better doing absolutely no flavor text for their cosmetics at all mm. until the game like launches and we get more of the story because I, I understand Steven's point of view where <laughs> he wants to keep the majority of the story and the lore close to his chest so that we can experience it and discover it in-game as opposed to being told beforehand. I totally get that. Mm-hmm. So do you think they'd be better off just not giving us anything at all in terms of the like flavor text for the cosmetics? Or do you think there's a better way that it can be done?
3: Yeah, I, um, the best way I think it could be done is that they remove completely the lore tidbits <clears throat> because they have a choice to make. They have the choice between giving us actual lore content because he wants to keep the lore close to his chest, and it was just like, maybe three liners for the items, right? So I was like, mm, if he wants to keep the lore close to his chest, and he, he's only making those three liners, we can still kind of have a vague idea of the lore. Now that they've said that it's all flavor text, we're back to square one, and I yeah. believe that if you want to stop teasing your players with potential lore about the game and having to correct them every year by s- responding to tweets, of people who are actually interested in knowing and you have to correct them. And so like, no, it's all flavor text, right. uh, then they have to remove the lore completely from those items. They can say, this item is this it's uh human, like it's KLR design, uh, based around the theme of Halloween. Right. And that's it. That's it. Like- but if they do want to like, show us the lore tidbits, then go ahead and put those three liners back on the items but then like back these up sponsor them as being actual lore from the game but don't don't make them sound so unique just like the item that Mackie was like asking a question about because it was in the description it's like it was the the one thing or just like that one the shadowed spire it's it's like there's only one but If a thousand players buy it and a thousand players use it on their houses, then it ruins the whole thing. There's no
2: point. Right. Another another way they could keep the lore and also not keep it canon in a way, I guess, is um, provide provide the lore, but preface it with, "This is before the actual MMO," or "This is before we return." Kind of. You know. These are old uh kind of what they would have looked like if mm-hmm. we were still in Vera before the fall. You know, some kind of preface of, you know, uh this is not actually what's gonna be in the MMO, but this is what the world looked like before the MMO. In a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those those uh so potentially what they could do is say there's a freehold skin. Uh they put the flavor text on there, but they they're not promising for one that it's going to be in the game, it could just be a ruin in the game, like oh you might pass by this. Gotcha, game, gotcha. kind of, you know what I mean? it's it's in the past kind of.
1: Yeah. That that'd be that'd be quite cool. Again, depending on uh the item specifically. Right. That they talk about.
2: But as far as what Pacha is saying with like uh like costumes and uh Maybe, maybe also with caravans. I'm not entirely sure. Caravans are weird, first place. But uh, definitely with like costumes. Like if it's costume that is going to be in the game, that this organization exists in the time of mm-hmm. Vera, like the time we're in Vera, right. then tell us. Let us know. This is this is an organization that's going to be seen. You don't have to give us any type of extra lore about that. No. Just tell us. This is what we're going to see in the game. This costume is is uh corresponding with that and then yeah. that's it that's all you have to say there's mm-hmm. no leaks or anything it's just uh confirmation that you know it's there
3: <laughs> yeah and if it's like a um, one-time item like uh, that one shadowed spire they can just say that mm-hmm. it's a replica of that location yeah. that is found often you add the word replica and it just
2: mm-hmm.
3: i don't want to sound like a todd howard but it just works
2: like, explain everything away with
1: magic. <laughs> oh. <laughs> with magic. Just because of magic. That's, like, a, why, oh man. Magic. Why That's, did you have to mention Todd Howard?
0: Just, uh, why? it, it because just it, works.
2: If, if you think about it, it's really man. smart of, of Bethesda to implement the Elder Scrolls because they are, they're not, they were, they aren't, they, they weren't, they weren't, they exist, they don't, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, same thing could be said with the Essence and Ashes. It can be manipulated to anything that the wielder desires. It can be anything that basically that we want it to be. So, why can't people manipulate it to build something for them and then take it away, and so forth, and so
4: on? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's like kind of goes back to the. This is something that down the road on a in another domain, I'm probably gonna be expanding upon a lot further. But you think about. The magic systems, you know, that people use when they write books. I feel like that's actually a really important point in terms of how you orchestrate magic and an MMORPG and how that is carried through the story as well. Because I mean, in, in a lot of ways you're, you're doing something very similar from my perspective. So the idea of like a magic system where you just can use it and there's no consequences, those types of magic systems are always ones I've had a bit of a tough time with because. You know, it's like we did this with magic just because it's magic and we can do that. We can do anything we want. You know, the idea of magic coming at a cost in some way, however, you might vary that up. That is a much more fascinating, you know, if you've watched or played or read the Witcher stuff and things like that, you know, magic in in that universe comes at a cost. Um, Sometimes a very significant cost and some other ones as well. Other other stories, right? Um, I want to kind of bounce back real quick to get on, track with uh what i was going to do earlier which (laughs) we have a tendency of we have a tendency of kind of really going into different domains here and we can kind of like be there for a while but uh no no guarantee that won't happen but i'm just gonna try really hard to to keep this just talking about the points that people brought up i'm not gonna respond to them i just want to read them and then we're gonna move on but you might find us revisiting these points of conversation. So specifically on the video that we posted the last episode, okay, Eric, the red had basically mentioned the idea of, you know, talking about being able to, uh, have meaningless PVP where half the people are AFK and the other people don't really care. And, you know, sitting in there in a queue to get into something, but then the, the, the kind of user experience of who you get paired with, um, this is something that, you know, more recently we've talked about and in, in other games as well, you could be talking about it with like World of Warcraft arenas. You could talk about it with World of Warcraft Battlegrounds. You could be talking about the Elder Scrolls Online uh, Battleground system. I mean, every MMO, a lot, of, a lot of MMOs have a system like that. Not everyone, but a lot of them do. And so, you know, when you queue in, the dilemma is like, you know, is it, you know, you look at it from a cost benefit analysis, right? Like, am I for the amount of time I'm investing feeling that it's worth my time to do so you know you could base that on achievement you can base that on a lot of things so they brought up a really good point of like you know uh it's great to talk about these things but you know they also wanted to know a little bit more about naval combat they they had a preference of not wanting to sit in a queue um gold macro had talked about um in terms of longevity uh wanting to do uh address kind of like looking at the wiki and wasn't really able to find anything specific in terms of um talking about pvp and whether or not there were actually going to be um like pvp arenas um i don't know if that's even on the wiki and i'm not going to like look for it here but for my information i remember that being something that was discussed in a live stream so i'm pretty sure it's on the wiki it might be something you have to dig into they didn't really they didn't iron that out as a this is for sure going to be in the game but even at PAX, they brought that as an element for people to way back when the um, combo system was still like really early Alpha Zero timeframe. So it has already technically existed in the game as they were developing it. Whether it'll make it to launch or it's something that they actually plan to do, I don't know. But they have not completely ruled it out as a
1: possibility.
0: Um,
1: the last I heard about it was they. During the Discord Q and A, and they were talking about the uh, the military node elections, and they were saying, "Oh, we're thinking about having arenas uh, for your and that the arena would play directly into the uh, the election for the military node." That is the last I've heard of it. So maybe they'll still be doing that, um, or maybe they'll be going a different route. Who knows? Yeah, still, if they don't put um, arenas in, that will be a huge shame honestly yeah i think and people I are split people on it You turned off
0: yeah i mean there's like a place there's a place for that content but it's you know i think the main point is for a lot of people is is it going to fit the presentation that they made to begin with and how much of that is like people's interpretation versus what they've said they're not uh, gonna do people's
1: like, expectations will always yeah. be far off yeah. is gonna be delivered we know this
2: Ashes pretty much, I mean, Intrepid presented Ashes as a PvP game. In order to have a complete, uh, complete experience PvP, you need arenas. You need the 1v1s, you need the 2v2s, 2v3s, GVGs. You need all the aspects that come with PvP and being promoted as a PvP game. If you don't have those, then you run the risk of hmm. what, uh, other games and in development games uh you know go back on their their uh, pvp stance yeah. kind of so um yeah i think that ashes not putting those in would actually be detrimental to the pvp community mm-hmm. who specifically are coming to this game for the pvp <laughs> i'm having new world flashbacks right now
4: oh no
1: yeah Oh, that, that game. That, like, that would be a real Amazon else. move
3: right there if they didn't yeah. do that.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, They've yeah, still I mean, got I,
1: three months before that game releases, so maybe. I mean, the, <laughs> <Yeah>. probably, <laughs> probably the, not, little, but maybe.
3: Yeah. The little issue that I have here uh, with what you said, Mackie, is that they oh. have <laughs> a big problem uh-huh. with you. Um, <laughs> it's. Um, The fact, you said that Ashes is a PvP game, and the way I understood it when they presented the game, when they, like, basically told us what it's about, and it's kind of problematic because if they said that it was just, it's a PvP game, then I would have been fine. Or if they said it's a PvE game, then I would have been fine with that. But the way they presented it was kind of, like, conflictual in the way that they said that what I felt like they said it's, it's a player-driven game, and it open leaves to so much open to, yeah. or, to interpretation. Yeah. So, like, I understand what they mean. Everyone who's a guest on this stream knows, what, like, we're here because we know what they meant. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a game that through PvP, we changed, or like, we tear down the world, and through PvE, we build it up. So it's player-controlled and that's kind of where they decided to let's, at that point when they said that they kind of decided to fit to like step into really big shoes because instead of having to stick with one community tvp or one community pve yeah. they said we're going to give both. both of these communities <laughs> everything that like mmos already struggle yeah. to do yeah. with one community so it's kind of problematic for them uh fingers crossed it's gonna work they have great developers great people on their team the best really but like I'm just just hoping it's gonna work like make MMOs great again that's his promise make it work I feel like at least one of the two communities will be disappointed
1: yeah in in my
3: opinion it's gonna be the PVE community that's gonna be disappointed uh, because we are going to have the content for PVE, but we will be plagued by the PVP. I, I feel like, yeah,
2: and that's <laughs> I know the they a- said player the corruption,
3: but <laughs> well, like player corruption will stop yeah. play like ganking and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But if an entire guild decides to crash a PVE's raid night, they just have to crash it once. And you're wow. not going to get that much corruption by killing one person, but if you have a hundred and fifty person killing everyone in the raid, not many people will have corruption in that group, but yet you will have ruined the PVP night the PVE night for that guild.
2: That well, goes back to risk versus reward for the player and for the guilds. Yeah, you know. but
3: then it it seems like PVE has more risk in that scenario than PVP, because hmm. PVP you're going to have like what. 45 people with player cor- corruption, but just enough corruption from killing one person each. As for PvE, it's like, well, we wasted three hours of raiding, and now half of our group has to go to bed because they have to work in the morning.
1: It's a good point. Mm-hmm. Is on the flip side, the PvPers are going to be at the mercy of the PvEers because the best gear is going to come from PvE. Mm-hmm. It's going to come from the raids that and from the crafters who are going to be in direct competition to the pvp is so i now that you talk about it more i feel like this is a situation <laughs> where intrepid are trying to please everybody and they're just going to fail you can't please everybody
0: yeah main uh, takeaway then uh, you
2: yeah. um, have each class balanced from group play and not solo play so it goes back to well my mind as a pvp if they implement 1v1 arenas, you know, how's that going to work if it's all balanced mm-hmm. around group? Or if I'm in the open world and, say, I'm a healer and uh, Sim yes. on his alt attacks me, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, how, how is that going to be balanced if I can simply just heal myself because I'm balanced around group? So my heals will be stronger than, say, his damage.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's the other thing. I mean, you know the... what I mean? Like, how
2: yeah. that goes back to them trying to uh, please. Balance around eight down. man troops. Yeah. <laughs>
1: really... I still don't know how they're going to manage that balancing around an eight man group.
3: That's going to be right. hard. I mean, WoW had issues with arenas balancing around three man group. So, I'm
0: looking forward to seeing what they do with twice that size. Oh, you know what? I forgot earlier when we we're talking about the tower, the there was one I was going to give an example of. It was the sewers. It was the uh, you remember that? They had each expansion, they had in in your it was like towards what? Like cataclysm. It was the mm-hmm. the like um what was it called? The uh Oh my gosh, I'm trying to remember the name of it. The Brawler's Arena or something? Yeah, the Brawler's Guild or whatever. World of Warcraft. Yeah, we were talking about the Tower. Oh yeah,
1: Yeah. the the Brawler's Guild. Yeah,
0: that was a good example. Sorry, I had to go back because I just remembered it. But that was the example I was thinking. Because they had like every expansion. There were like a certain amount of rewards that you could achieve. And it was totally single player content. And those rewards would, you know, some of which would diminish or go away in the next. But you had the whole expansion to achieve it. And they would, like, release kind of periodically, like, new challenges. But, um, yeah, that was just another example of something that wasn't probably as, I don't know, like, Mels Arena, it's pretty much solid for ESO. It's just mm-hmm. the same thing. And it really has been, like, the same thing for how long? Like, years now or something? Oh, man. um. But uh, yeah, but let me hit some of these other points real quick. And then I want to kind of get us digging into Pantheon talk. So there was actually um, Kodo on the um, Reddit. And I posted a video that was dropped in um, Discord this week. And I got some people that kind of contributed questions or like thoughts around the game. And one of them was uh, basically talking about the way that the combat in the video looked. And that it didn't look weighted enough. It's kind of asked like, well what's weighted to you. And so the example was, you know, basically that if you're hit, it looks like maybe you're staggered a bit, things like that. Um, there was another discussion from Gyros around aggro range, which I thought was another kind of good discussion point. Um, and so, you know, I kind of thought to myself, well, you know, what would be a good aggro range, uh, in this particular game? Cause sometimes the aggro ranges are like really ridiculous in games. Like you could get really close like in ESO for example right there's a even a skill tree around uh the dark brotherhood right and so yeah, when you're when you're mounted mm-hmm. you can run into a yep. mob and you're not even gonna aggro that. yeah they don't even they don't even care because you put the points into it but in other games it's like you know based on like your level but when you've got like, like World, le- of Warcraft. World of Warcraft exa- exactly you know but in Ashes or not Ashes sorry with Elder Scrolls Online because of one Tamrail now you've got um you know everything scales and so, you know, it pretty much running around at your level all the time. But I've never really found that the, the aggro range was really very taxing in that game compared to some other ones. Cause if you're like really low level and wow, or at least back when I used to play it, and you're running and in a zone destroy your life. Yeah. If they're they're enough higher level, they'll they'll aggro you from like way across the street. You know what I'm saying? oh yeah like you're
3: you're like in the city at the bank like yeah, was knocking at the doors like dude I smelled you you just created your, yeah. your character right cool yeah I'm here oh,
0: yeah. yeah just yeah. good good points of discussion just kind of wanted to like note those people um and uh let's kind of dig into some of the pantheon stuff I'm like really excited to read this right now. Uh, If I don't have any of my issues that I had when we started, but (laughs) so in Ashes of Creation. So for some of you who are actually hanging around yesterday, we kind of went off on a tangent discussing, you know, possibilities uh, in terms of the pantheon of the gods and just some speculation around what we might hypothesize some of their plans were and maybe even are in the state of. The game when we step into the world of era at the time of ashes creation of creation the game right um so we know that there were 10 deities and i'm just going to read a couple excerpts off of the wiki these came from uh predominantly um the uh pathfinder dnd campaigns that they had on their live streams in november's um and you correct me if i'm wrong but i think they had two that i could think of over the course of two years and it was usually around the charity event that they've been doing every year Yes. Cool. it was
3: always for the charity event that it did mm-hmm. and it was three years yeah yeah
0: so i'm just going to read this right the beginning of the creation of the universe that exists within ashes of creation was the result of a group of god beings right there were 10 of them and there was a celestial struggle in this universe that resulted in a fraction of those gods and there exists within this story two components of good and evil my main takeaways from that is the idea of good and evil she's used more than once coming up and god beings something that i kind of checked as well I'm scroll down a little bit all right so each god has a specific realm that they relate to in the world and its creation we have a very rich lore of the pantheon of the gods but something that i want to make sure players discover in game and not told about so this isn't something that we're going to expect to get much information on prior to the game's launch um here's the big excerpt and there's a lot of from my perspective Really good lore crafting just ideas in this. So I'm going to try not to stumble too much and read through this. All right. The story of creation tells us of a race of beings known as the ancients created in the likeness of what was once the 10. The 10 imbued all of their qualities into one race to have stewardship over all of creation. The power of the ancients grew and a rift divided the 10 in how to accommodate their new creation. Three of the ten separated from the others and began to teach the ancients the secrets of the essence. When the seven learned of this, a great celestial battle ensued. Eons passed as he watched as the fight continued through the celestial kingdom. Some say it was the fight that created the stars and heaven we see today. With every blow between the ten, a star was born. When the battle was complete, the others and the ancients were banished by the seven into the void. The seven found the error of their ways and decided to split their qualities into four races instead of one, and this is how the humans, elves, orcs, and dwarves came to be. You watch as the seven created Vera and placed each of the races within their respective locations. As the story came to an end, a dark figure at the distance grew closer to you until you could see was the until you could see was the darkness, and you wake up in the sweat after the nightmare. The last couple sentences there were more tied into the into the uh, D&D campaign but main takeaways for you all I'll kind of give some of my thoughts but
1: So I'm thinking back to one <clears> of the <throat> previous podcasts we did a few weeks ago and we were talking about what obviously the, the races went through during the, uh, the corruption event the races all went through the portal and we were thinking about how the magic works. Like, is it inside of us or is it, um, like, is it imbued on us as we go through into the world of Vera? Like, how does how's the magic work? Yeah. Based on what you've just read, it seems like the magic is, in fact, part of us. Like, um... In, in terms of the races it's imbued into the races themselves not right. given to us through like various objects or anything like that which again goes back to the question that we posed on that previous episode that previous podcast where why do the uh the divine gateway suddenly open if the magic is residing inside us all along
3: Okay, well, first, I'd like to point out that um, I giggled like twice when you said that the magic was inside us all along. <laughs> uh, second, uh, I don't know if, like, because I, <laughs> I see what you mean when you say that uh, the power of the four... friendship is.
4: Exactly.
3: Oh, man. There no. it is. Um, oh, no, but like, I see what you mean when you say they created the four races uh-huh. and, and, like, they split their qualities. Uh, to avoid making the same mistake, uh, through the power of friendship, and, um, <laughs> oh and that, that's why you say that m- the magic, like, is imbued into those races, into those beings, instead of like being in the air, kind of like the force in Star Wars, which is like everyone and, oh, yeah. and everything. Right. Um. <clears throat> I don't know if I'd say that the magic that magic itself is in those beings in the. Like player characters and the NPCs and the races, um, they're creations of the gods, but they're not necessarily imbued with magic in it and of itself. Um, m- m- for me, that kind of like tidbit of lore, which is rich. Like that is the most lore I've got since the um, the dwarven journal that we've had about the harbingers, um, and. And yet, I feel like this kind of like didn't change my mind with uh, the fact that magic is (laughs) in the air, in Vera. (laughs) I feel exactly, it's just in the air. But I I, I feel like... um,
1: Ash's Boney
3: Edition confirmed. The way I I understand it, magic is comparable to the Force in Star Wars where it is there. It's in everything, in everyone, and it is there. And the reason why it didn't change my mind is because when we go to Sanctus, we don't have access to magic anymore. Which means magic is on Vera. Like, it's on Vera. It's not on Sanctus. I could be wrong. It could just be that on Sanctus, there's, like, a magic negate kind of Mm. void. Like, magic Mm. negating void that there is. Because Sanctus has... It seems like it's been created by the gods as well. Um, But I don't have any evidence of that. The only evidence I have is that on Vera we can do magic, on Sanctus we cannot. And I feel like if we're made out of magic and we go on Sanctus and we don't have access to magic anymore, I feel like everyone would just die of cancer. Like, you don't have what... Keeps everyone alive and gives them their powers. You just take it away. Well, I, I feel like our characters would just everyone would have died. Would have died if it's so essential as a part of their being.
2: Mm-hmm. The thing that I'm still curious about, and I probably will not never get an answer until I get into the game. Mm. It's, it's, it's uh, all a flavor
3: text, Mikey, right?
2: Oh, God, dude. Is the the essence itself? So we under we know that yeah. the, from this passage that the essence is in fact in existence somewhere in the celestial kingdom what I don't what I really need to know I really need to know this is (laughs) was the essence always there did the essence create these gods the universe like the big bang or was the essence created by these gods Mm -hmm. and why were they so uh, god
0: beings remember why were they so
2: protective of the essence like was the essence more powerful than them are of, they I, comparable I have... to the
3: living tribunal in ESO? Like, Ooh. are they living off of the essence? That's are they, good. Do they have their like powers that. because of the essence? Right,
1: that's that what I need
2: to know.
3: Nice. That's yeah.
1: I've <laughs> just found some flavor text that m- may interest oh. you on that point then. Uh, yeah, so this is text. from the, the wiki page that talks about the university. <laughs> so for the scientific note. Right. Uh, And it says, there are several great universities across the world of Vera during this time period in particular, 25 years before the fall. Most of them convene a council of knowledge, as they call it. The council of knowledge consists of the greatest minds from each nation. They really don't recognize borders or politics for the most part, unless their governments try to meddle in their affairs of their Mm -hmm. pursuit of knowledge the greatest and most respected elders in the ways of magic which is basically learning how to manipulate what's called the essence Mm -hmm. that's from where all magic flows and understanding how the essence exists in parity with the life spark Mm -hmm. and the world around you the universe itself the greatest of these wizards are found in the pyrian kingdom and they are solely in pursuit of knowledge as we read earlier with regards to the pyrian elves The essence is present in all magic. Divine, corrupt, it doesn't really matter. You can pervert the essence to bring about different types of magic that are not divine. Mm.
3: So then I would still compare uh, the the essence. (laughs) The essence would be in a way comparable to the Force. It would also be comparable to an ESO uh, Magicka. That's what I understand from it. It's Hmm. their own term for mana, magica, force, magic. It's
2: but magica came from magus. Yeah, but
3: like magic, like magica, like magic comes from magica. There is magica in magic. Like they're not exactly the same thing, right?
2: uh... So the essence is where the magic comes from. Yes, and it flows through things. But was it? Always there, mm. or was it created? Yeah, back by to your question. Gods? That's the my question hypothesis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. My hypothesis, and
3: that's what I'm hoping because it would be really interesting, is that these gods are made like they were born of the essence, they were born of the essence, or they were, they were being like they are beings that have a stronger connection. Ex- financially stronger than any of the races because you know they created those races they're kind of like the um what are the 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 titans in in world of warcraft right they're like beings that are incredibly powerful and they were born and now let's i'm gone with the wow the wow reference but like they were born of the essence they depend on it and they basically have the monopoly on on the on essence and they Mm -hmm. trickle it down i don't know if any of you or anyone in chat has seen the tv show or read the books um the magicians
2: oh i've seen the show show the
3: magicians yeah so in the magicians there's this guy called the beast Mm -hmm. and the beast was just another magician who like those who were gifted enough to have a connection to magic he became greedy and he became corrupted by it, by drinking from the fountain of magic. And magic became scarce for everybody because, and he became corrupted and super unstable because that guy was hogging all of it. Oh. And further down the line in the books, there are these titans, the creators, who are kind of like plumbers, And they like magic kind of flows in those pipes in different realities, in different worlds. And they decide to just, you know, close the valve. And they're like, earth doesn't get any more magic, that's over. And I feel like maybe those gods in ESO might be those plumbers, those creators who are part of the fabric and they decide who gets essence. And it's why on Sanctus, we don't have magic. Because they're just that world's not gonna get any because we absolutely f***ed up on Vera. <laughs> so we're gonna start over, we're gonna let it calm down, and these guys are going <coughs> to that safe place. Unless it's the split
2: side where the gods yeah, don't like, control the essence. And the essence uh... cannot be freely given to psychos.
3: Yeah, and the god of creation is Mario. Basically. <laughs> oh man. Yeah,
2: it, it's it's uh, it's it's definitely Still, that question I need—I need that answer. Period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like uh, Ravuda said in uh, chat, mm-hmm. if all magic flows from the essence, what would the gods use to create the essence? She feels, or he feels, like they're separate. Yep. So, I kind of feel that way—they would be separate. But at the same time, if—if if they're in the the presence of this essence and they have free access to it. I don't know so like here
0: know. here's the thing too right like so if the when the gods are, we know that there's 10 the seven the seven versus the whole three and the celestial war i mean in the in the heavens and everything like we know that that doesn't happen until the three who decide that they're going to teach them the ways of the essence occurs right so right. why as gods why not just instill that knowledge within right. them right right
2: right right so why do I need to teach these people, it, right. or these creatures that I created, mm-hmm. the essence when I could just imbue them with the essence and knowledge. Yeah. Right. So the essence to me, in that sense of the story that, where the three separate, it reminds me of uh, Pandora's box, where yeah. you c- cannot open this box, you know <laughs> It'll unleash all these horrors, and eventually we don't know if, we don't know what knowledge was inside. The essence is that hmm. that was so so uh bad or whatever it would be the, end the gods fight. yeah then yeah. these gods were like well we gotta destroy you now we gotta send you away you've been bad <laughs> you've been <bit> a naughty <laughs> boy yeah so it's like uh...
1: yeah and then the fire nation attacked and <laughs> We were sent to Sanctus. Funny. <laughs> Demextra brings up a good point. Did the gods create the essence, or did the essence create the gods?
2: Right, that's the question You're I need to That yeah. That, yeah.
1: That, is the, that is the ultimate question, Because yeah. right. that will tell us so much. Exactly. So I went
2: as far to ask that question mm-hmm. to uh, Toast and Maggie. Yeah. <laughs> and they basically told me to go F myself. Oh uh, yeah they're oh, like the they said um, um... <laughs> everyone's busy right now we can't answer that question <laughs> okay
3: there's no associated phone number a <laughs> phone mo- number <laughs> please try a different number
0: and call yeah
1: who's that i have a feeling that they <laughs> i did mute that sorry lock... that's hilarious i have a feeling they'll lock <laughs> all of that away until we get like a Metropolis divine nose like yeah. we'll, we'll have yeah. to level up the Divine Node all the way before they'll reveal that kind of stuff
3: and I believe even then we're not going to find out I feel yeah. like you reckon they'll answer... never tell us. no I think they will tell us but I believe that the answer to your question Mackie uh, <laughs> uh... is one of the most important kind of spoilers pieces yeah. of yeah. lore in the game and I feel like once we discover that I think like it's gonna be well timed to when we're gonna like actually learn that
4: mm-hmm.
3: and then there's gonna be a sleuth of content regarding that my theory like, the three gods and the ancients are coming back and they're like we're taking what's what's ours and then mario Mary. <laughs> he goes with his grand <laughs> <laughs> fire nation tax. Oh my god. Oh, where is the
2: Lord Mario? What am I. God, my, dude. My hopes. Can I that... have a
1: divine statue of Mario? Hey, we hold
3: With <laughs> Phoenix wings.
1: With just we're yeah. the Spanner in the hand. The yeah. Holy Spanner. Hey,
0: let's let Mackie go on ahead. What were you going to say, dude?
1: I forgot my thought. Damn it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Maggie. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking about Mario now. <laughs> <laughs> so, here, here's another question. I mean, we had this split, so the three versus the seven. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that um, some were more, the three that were more powerful than the others? Because you'd God. think seven yeah. versus three, that would be like a non-issue, right? They'd mm-hmm. just dump on them and, and throw them in prison or whatever. And, right. And that be that but this seems like it was a long drawn out conflict
0: so that's a good point on their side. so that's uh, here's something I've speculated around in that regard right because that's something I wonder too like if if this went on for so long then if then that like for me that that would make me think that the three had a, a, a significant amount of weight in their strength that they could even combat being outnumbered by four an additional four for that long so then i kind of wonder like is there because then this ties me into the idea of corruption and you know what part of like corruption we know that this like okay i don't want to say we know because my understanding is that corruption might be coming from the three right so yeah. right if, and the reason i say that is the harbingers and like my idea is that that maybe you know they bring that when they're it's planned it, it's obviously designed yeah. Which plans the pantheon? My, this is where I keep coming back to. Like, what's the what's the plan here? But if three were able to fight for so long, then my thought is, so is there some element of what they harnessed when they went like dark side or evil? I mean, what was their domain? Do we know? Yeah, I don't don't know uh, exactly. And here's something
2: to uh, give you some food for thought. So when we talk about the battle between the seven versus the three, and how they were able to uh, stay in this war for so long. The three essentially have these ancients who are imbued with godlike powers now mm-hmm. at their disposal. So <clears throat> to give you a, an idea of how many uh, ancients there could possibly have been made, there's a story in APOC, or you can find this on the wiki, it's verifiable. There's a, uh, there is a... Uh, fighter or a mage who goes into one of the harbingers and she's in stealth and in this harbinger there are hundreds if not thousands of the ancients in one harbinger yeah so uh, like i don't know how exactly how how many of these ancients were created during that celestial kingdom era whatever you want to call it so there could potentially be thousands of these ancients and the three gods against seven gods so that, that would make sense on a long, lengthy war.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: But then uh, we also need to find out if the gods can die. If the gods can yeah. kill each other. If they, can, if they can kill each other, then it would make sense uh, that they would just outright kill each other. But if they cannot and just uh, maybe weaken each other, that's that probably... That would make sense for how yeah. long it would have lasted. That's why it lasted other. so long, and that's why they were in prison. Only
0: sent to the Void. Them.
1: Yeah, right. and on on that all... point, then yeah, um, there is apparently going to be respawn law. Uh, I says here another wiki uh, wiki entry. There is a storyline that relates to how and why characters respawn and the locations in which they respawn. So if that's built into the law that characters re- can respawn, then it makes sense that the deities can also respawn, or they are immortal essentially. Right. So. Yo, I just,
0: I I just had a thought. I just had a thought after Miss said that. And this comes from the idea back when we did the On Sanctus episode. And Mackie, you were talking about like, you know, maybe when they go through the gate, the gems have something to do with it. You notice there, there's always been like some discussion around like the whole gem idea. And wasn't there something about that? Like tying into alpha zero or something wasn't it like when you die yeah wasn't it something like that i'm pretty sure i don't remember any gems yeah it was well, like what,
3: what was gems that? are you talking like, about, He's talking about soul gems when
0: well. you when you respawn yeah when you respawn after you die dude i'm pretty sure I'm not, I, mean, I haven't really thought about
2: that i
0: gotta yeah it just kind of like popped up in my head i gotta like look into that man
3: Respawn that yeah. were talking about. Like I don't know if it would actually tie into the gods can die and respawn because maybe we just respawn thanks to the gods.
2: Yeah.
3: Maybe. So like, mm, like, kind of, how, like how does uh, that work? What kind what of do
2: like, to the
3: to the god of uh, fate. What's what's it, what's this name? Norlan. Norlan, yeah. The god to the goddess of fate. Mm-hmm. It, it it was not your time yet, so right. get back in
0: there. Oh yeah. And if
3: Norland dies, and, uh, then like, uh, who says it's not Norland's time?
1: Huh? Yeah.
0: God
3: being? Do you?
1: <laughs> I mean, if it was me, and I was the god of fate and respawn, I'd say, yeah, I I can respawn whenever I like. <laughs> it ain't my
3: time, fool. <laughs> but um you ain't game
1: with me that easily, bro.
3: What it no. kind of reminds me of is uh the pantheon in ESO with the Daedric princes and I was the Aedra, like. I I'm not a I'm not a lore master in ESO in any capacity.
0: Aedra and the Daedric. But I
3: heard that like the main difference between uh, Daedric princes Daedric princes and the Aedra in terms of like action, like the Divines and the Daedric princes, that the Divines sacrificed part part of themselves oh. to basically give Nern, give Mundus. Uh, give the human and like men and myrrh and the beast races and all that stuff they Mm. they they sacrificed part of themselves and they're not more powerful than the daedric princes and it from what I understand they're even less powerful in some in in some way because they sacrificed part of themselves as the daedric princes didn't Didn't it's just that they think the daedric princes are not as powerful when on Nern or in Mundus because it's not their realm just like Cold Harbor is Molag Baal's realm, and he's unbeatable there because that's his place. But then we had the seven versus the three in Ashes of Creation, and for anyone who knows a bit about the Daedric Prince's lore in Elder Scrolls, um, Sheogorath is like the most powerful Daedric Prince. He's the most powerful being but he be completely crazy and that's on design because wasn't his name Jigalag, Jigalag, Jig-a-lag the daedric prince the daedric prince of order
2: yeah he who was is so
3: powerful. insanely powerful and intelligent that no one could beat him because he was ba- he would basically beat them before they would even think of opposing yeah. him yep. so they teamed up together to make him go completely insane because then there's no point in you being super powerful because you're going to be so obsessed with cheese anyway that I'm going to be able to do my own thing on my side without you dominating me. So maybe those three or at least one of them, maybe they have a leader Mm -hmm. in Ash's creation, that Pantheon. Maybe one of those three is the leader and he's incredibly powerful just like Jigalag is and maybe that's why it took that long. Or maybe it's because, you know, hundreds of thousands of super soldiers.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Who knows? So to piggyback off of what Pacha said, I wanna wanna go back to the ESO uh pantheon a little bit. So the so Jigalag, the story of Jigalag, he was the most powerful deja the prince. They like you said, they ganged up on him. They split him in two. Uh one, uh he doesn't know who he is, and two, he became Shio Gorath. Who is mad, pretty much? Yeah. But then during the time of was it Oblivion Crisis, Juggaloid comes back. He is reformed, becomes Jigalag, and then the player becomes the new Shiaragora.
4: Well, yeah, because there has
2: to be there has to be a Shiaragora at all times. Yeah. So the Shiaragora <laughs> you're seeing in there has to uh, be King, Skyrim, and in ESO is potentially a character, a player character that has become Shiaragora. It's, it's uh so yeah so to go back to eso uh the planes of oblivion so like like apache said Plains of oblivion pretty much that's that's where that god is the most powerful he cannot be killed uh but the daedric prince Pr- daedric princes and elder scrolls cannot be killed period because they re- they retain their entire power yeah, Adras, the Adra, the uh, the eight divines that are the good gods, they can be killed. That's yeah. why they don't show their faces or they <laughs> yeah. pop up because they're they don't the have as much power. And if they pop up, they could potentially be killed by a mortal or by a deity prince. Yeah, so wow. think has an announcement to make. they're they're also just <laughs> they're just tied together with Nern. They're part of Nern they're the tree, well, yeah. they're the wind, the sun. Exactly. So my my point being. For ashes, you have these these ten gods who split their qualities once, right? Yeah. The three took command over the ancients, which are the monsters, essentially. Right. Yeah. Then they got banished. Okay. The seven, they already split their qualities once already. Now they're splitting. Their, they're splitting amongst themselves the second time to create. They're even weaker raisins. now. Exactly.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, so, go on ahead go on ahead.
2: So now the conflict comes um can can they be killed now?
0: Yeah. But or before we, we found in harness. Bef- yeah, go. Right. Ahead. But before we continue <laughs> discussing things, I have to say thank you. Big shout out to Woodchip for uh contributing like 10 11 subs, 11 subs. Yeah. And, that's and a big damn boy. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. Really appreciate that, homie. <laughs>
3: yeah,
0: yeah. Thanks a lot, man. Really appreciate that's that.
3: A, that's a triple damn boy wood chip.
0: Damn boy.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> oh. So. God, Patrick, I love you.
0: So. <laughs> you know the thing I keep coming back to the the discussion around God beings. God beings, right? So, you know, that almost makes me wonder too. Does that mean that you're a godlike entity because you have harnessed enough knowledge of how to use the essence, right? Do you, do you <clears throat> Ascension like, of some sort, like in Guild yeah.
1: Wars, you ascend
3: up the godhood or just like talos in elder scrolls or just like uh when i was talking about the magicians earlier uh the beasts in the magicians once right. you harness the essence the very f- basically the fabric of all physic all metaphysical rules do you become a god and if so can a player achieve that probably not or maybe we will have to f- we will have antagonists in the game that will like achieve chim. Chim? In, in Elder Scrolls, it's like the way, like it's like how they became how the living gods became gods, is they harnessed that uh, the power of a god. The power hmm. of chim.
1: Is is that really See, what they went for with that? That's not the, the power name of chim, it's
3: achieving chim, <laughs> it's the gym. term. It's
1: gym. like godhood, god, godhood. Yeah, it's godhood.
0: God tier baby. But the tragic. Okay. I... <laughs> 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 God tier.
3: That would be awesome if we had like antagonists to fight that were mm. act-, act were actually on the verge of becoming gods. Like in Destiny 2, uh the first antagonist we fight oh. in Destiny 2, Gaul, he harnesses the light of the traveler, and he's on his way to becoming quite powerful and we have to defeat him and i I don't know it's always something that i really like in the stories like when we have to defeat that mob but i have to do that with restraint you have to do that with restraint not one player would be able to do that it would have to be a group of like 40 80 players would have to do that or else it all goes back to the conversation we had with you're the savior of the world yeah. and the player is the most powerful being that exists.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: There's a it's, way of doing this content without breaking the lore, of the storytelling.
1: I mean, the storytelling, that aspect is always hard because you always have the issue of power creep. And, and so many different media has this problem, name it books, mm-hmm. TV shows, films, etc. Once you get to the point where you are literally saving the universe mm-hmm. and killing god's level beings you can't progress further than that it you can't get any higher so mm. and there needs to be some form of progression and the only way to fix that in terms of storytelling is make it so that there's something that happens that forces the power levels back down or you just you just end it mm, you just finish great and I think if if for any anime lovers out there the the biggest culprit of this or the bigger the the one that really struggles with this a lot is uh bleach, where the main character literally gets so so strong and then they always have it so that oh he used up all his power and then he loses it again. So he's and he's, so he's literally builds, 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 and then drops straight back down again. Builds, 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 build, drops down, and it's sort of this like up and down that happens, and it's really disconcerting to watch. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's a huge take notes, Sim. Don't do that in your book. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, Don't let man. power creep overcome you.
2: So it will happen. I'm a so firm. I'll go oh, ahead my thought about earlier before Mario came up. Oh, yeah. I, just remember, <laughs> I just remember what I was trying to say. So the the origin story of Ashes, like the gods, kind of reminds me of the story of Adam and garden.
4: Hmm.
2: Where, you know, they're tempted by the truth, which the truth would be the essence. Mm-hmm. And the snake is the three. So essentially, God is the seven and then, yeah. yeah. Banish them from the garden.
1: All hmm. oh, hail the Lord Mario. Yeah, and for
0: the <laughs> for for the record, like that's a I think World of Warcraft's been like a really good example. Like there were there With were
3: the a power creeping. A,
0: a, oh yeah, well I think yeah, especially like what what Miss was hitting on, where like when you get to the point where you've gone and you've reached that pinnacle. Like for me, yeah,
1: that you they reach that in, in and, of the Lich Yeah, yeah,
0: like I mean that was like yeah. that was like kind of uh, once they got to. Yeah, once they hit Wrath, that was, I, and I feel like that's also a good indicator for why that was like the pinnacle of their success. Uh, I think about like um, books, right, that get turned into shows, as an example of of how you could potentially like stretch out a game's longevity. Yeah, specifically an MMORPG. And I think about it like this because, like, if you get to the point where, like, for me, uh, the end of World of Warcraft as a game needed to be that pinnacle like that needs to be where you got at the end of the game like in terms of like its development right when you get to the end of yeah. the development like whether it's 10 15 years whatever your goal is you can you can spread that story out a lot like you can tell a lot of these other smaller stories and you see you see uh, <clears throat> books that get turned into like a game of thrones or something right like you could yeah. you could stretch out the story Right, based on the book, like these small details that maybe don't get elaborated on when it's turned into a movie in a, in, a, in, a, in a show, you can do that. You can stretch out and you can elaborate on much more of the details along the way and tell a really great story and stretch that out over time. And I think that's something that, in terms of like game development, when you think about MMO, I think that's like a really good lesson because you can take the idea of like, here's our story and here's the end of our story for this cutout of it. And if that's going to be your MMO, then that end of the story needs to be when you're done with development and you can stretch out the details and make it interesting, you know, in, in terms of how you, you, you know, make a raid or whatever, you could have raids and dungeons over things that are even small details like this pesky, uh, you know, this pesky creature that maybe only had uh, maybe a, you know, a chapter in the book is. It could oh, be an
3: entire season it, of content. It could be. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Just to go back to World of Warcraft, because it's a very good example, Uh, World of Warcraft Vanilla lasted for a hell of a long time before we got Burning Crusade. And yet, who was the big, big bad boss for a long time? It was a goddamn fire elemental. (laughs) It was nothing we had ever heard of in any Warcraft game, in any yeah. like main lore from the <laughs> Warcraft games, and yeah, it was awesome. It was all we needed for a long time, and then got is it Scythilus? I think the 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 desert with the bugs and the old gods. Uh, like there, there was the like, one old god that we that we were fighting. Then it was Kel'Thuzad that we were fighting mm-hmm. for a while. It's like all those. Minor characters in the lore, those minor antagonists that you only heard like two liners from them, they, sylithus exactly, okay. um, they managed to stretch out the actual like um, content uh, drought. They, had, they managed to prevent the content drought for so long thanks to those minor antagonists, those minor, like, side quests that we had in Warcraft uh, 1, 2, and 3. Uh, syphilis.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> like, so we had to fight Galleria, oh, no. and it was just horrible. <laughs> but, no, like, they, they could do that oh, in Ash's man. creation and take, like, those, and, and just take inspiration from, like, little things little like two-liners that even might have dropped somewhere and like make that content last <laughs> two years just from that
0: oh, they just my. have to play their cards right that's so funny um yeah i'm like looking over so would was one point that i didn't i didn't touch on that i had kind of wanted to make sure well actually two i take that back too. So there was the order of the seven discussion
4: mm-hmm.
0: right and the order of the seven they had outlined let me go to the wiki here and pull up the specific there it is uh over the order so they mentioned three orders currently they talk about the order of the seven are religious organizations corresponding to the seven grand temples of Vera. um examples that you have the order of hope uh, alien human order the patron deity is resna um you've got the order of fate Quebec orc, right. Headquartered in, uh, Ren patron deity is Norland, uh, order of truth, the Elves, and, uh, city of Amera. patron deity is, uh, Shoal. And so these are three examples, right? So you've got these, uh, the deities, they tie to kind of like the the different races. who tend to kind of be at the, um, the forefront of these, these orders or order halls or order temples or however you want to like outline that. Um, yeah. and we, one point we were talking about yesterday here on the stream, cause if you don't know this, um, the day on Saturdays, the day before we do the Pathfinder show. Um, I just brainstorm over what we're gonna be discussing about. And I do that with chat and it allows people to kind of come together and like brainstorm developing uh, talking points for the show the next day. And so we take contributions from people that are watching. Um, or, you know, I just kind of we're brainstorming and I'm like, oh my God, this is a good idea. And then I make a note of that. And it may not always fit in this show. It might fit in another, another area, which I'll elaborate on a little bit here. But um yeah that's kind of like my idea around the order halls and you think about the order halls and these temples and you think about uh tying you know just just ideas i'm just shooting out there right now so i think about the idea of order halls and temples and i think about religious nodes and how that might tie into temples then you think about ideas of augmentation right and the whole idea of like light and dark and how that could augment into skills and you know you talked about um uh you know if if one guild doesn't like another guild and you want to like ruin their good time you could go and you could like you know grief them or whatever but also you could potentially impact this religious system via maybe a divine node or some other mechanism and potentially impact their ability to have access to augmentation so now you've got like their healers who potentially really benefited from this light augment or their damage dealers who really benefited from this this like dark augmentation of a skill and now they don't really have access to that. So it's another way to sabotage the player. And this goes back. And again, this is just speculation, but these are the ideas I had when I kind of read over that. And that's some, some of my ideas of like that meaningful conflict. We always come back to, mm-hmm. right. Uh, when we think about it,
3: we should always go back to it. That's yeah. the point yeah. of creation is meaningful conflict.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. This uh, mm-hmm. talking to Sim yesterday on, on that subject. It got me going about, um, Thinking about the theological warfare in Civilization games, yeah, where it wouldn't spark a war, uh, so you could potentially have two religious factions fighting each other in an open field, and it wouldn't it wouldn't uh, strike up a GVG or wouldn't mm. strike up a node versus node type of siege or anything. It's just these two religious factions killing each other. <laughs> so mm. I think that's really really fascinating. If that's part of the religious uh, aspect of Ashes of Creation and also kind of uh, espionage-ish uh, going into another metropolis and sort of converting their mm-hmm. citizens to your religion and taking away some of their buffs at, at that current uh, religion uh, uh, kind of converting all that
0: just a speculation <laughs> mm-hmm. interesting idea yeah I saw you on I think I saw you play in Civilization at some point After that, too, I was like, look at Mackie playing Civ. Yeah, (laughs) I got I got converted. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The the other the other point was uh, when you go and look at Pantheon on the wiki, right? I was like, man, is there any imagery that I can find that might be new since way back when we two years ago when there was discussion around this? Right. And the only thing I saw was what's quote unquote the planetarium concept art by Ryan Richmond. This is that really cool kind of like concept art of just, you know, you see the sun and then you see like these other planets. And when I look at that, I'm like, okay is this just like a a, solar system? There is a whole solar system. And so, you know, one of the things I also thought about was like this idea of God beings mastering the essence but then you only have magic on Vera as we know currently, but then you also switch over and go, so Sanctus doesn't have magic. Do the gods have dominion over other planets or are these God beings just have dominion over Vera? Uh, how, how much of, of, of these other planets, you know, are, are the gods tied to? Are they at all? Cause you think about the void and then the void is, you know, is it kind of like the idea of dark matter in our universe, the yeah. stuff that binds it all together? even another question relating
3: to guild wars 2 the gods in guild wars 2 and the dragons i believe too maybe Mm -hmm. just the gods they are the incarnations of planets i have to
1: double check that
3: they are like I i think dragons maybe but i know that the gods or some of the Crichton gods are incarnations or some divines are incarnations of planets So is Vera, since the phoenix is a big thing about Ash's creation, the phoenix is the god slash goddess of creation, is Mm -hmm. Vera the incarnation or the domain of the phoenix? Is that that a thing?
4: Hmm. If so, in
3: next DLC's expansions, are we going to get to go to other planets, other domains?
2: That's really interesting. That reminds me of uh, when I used to play Terra. So the two gods, essentially the world that Terra is made out of is the two sleeping gods. Mm-hmm. And it always, it always fascinated me. Like what if these two gods one day wake up, <laughs> <laughs> you know, this world is effed, pretty much.
0: hope you're enjoying your slumber.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it talks about how, uh, um, talks about how they had a child together. Um, and they banish that child to another realm. Yeah. And he tried to potentially come come through uh, by using other minions to, to essentially bust open a realm of reality for him to come through. So I think I, I personally like those types of stories where it's like time warping, time, you know, realm manipulation types of things. So if Ashes can mm-hmm. implement that in some shape or form, I, that would really, like, tickle my sci-fi bones. <laughs> <the thing. laughs>
0: Oh man!
1: And and then we get space goats. Space goats.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: this is how we get space goats. No, I I I will disagree with you, Mackie. I I prefer, at least for now, mm-hmm. for In Shepherd to just craft a well-rounded single world, rather than trying to go down the rabbit oh, yeah, hole that sure. is the many worlds theory. Right,
3: like, like the multiverse. If, then, like, right. oh my oh, god! Oh yeah, if
1: we start going down that rabbit. <laughs> I We're never getting know. out, and
3: Laura is already but, confusing enough right now. Right. Like they need oh. to make sure it's
2: solidified. But one yeah. could argue that they've already started to do that because they have sanctus as well.
3: True. Yeah, we already got two worlds. But
2: if, or if they it's are one different world, worlds, it's two realities.
3: Or yeah, uh, exactly. Maybe the same world, in two dimensions: one without magic, one with. Hmm. We don't know. Or
2: one's a real world. And then we step into the portal, and we're actually in the dream realm. We're all asleep.
3: (laughs) 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 Oh my God. And you're just (laughs)
0: facing yourself in the mirror in reality. Right. You're going to drop that at the end of the show,
1: dude? (laughs) It'll be like that scene in in Star Wars where they just in that mirror room. Yeah. Just looking down the mirrors, which (laughs) never did anything with. God damn it. Sorry. Yeah. 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 God damn it, Star Wars! <laughs> <laughs> Let's not
3: get Final Fantasy ten here. <laughs> oh no,
0: man. So, um, yeah, that's well. Thanks for that. Like, mind blank,
3: <laughs> mind kerfuckle. Yeah, right at the end there.
0: That's kind of that's damn, dude. Oh. You know the 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 beautiful thing about when you when you sit here and have conversations like this when you don't have information is when you get to the point in time when we as players do discover the lore through being in game and you know of course discovering it on different servers means we're going to get to discover the different you know alternate realities of you know and now i'm going great so each server is like essentially its own reality and then that kind of ties into like oh so is this some kind of a weird design that steven's got up his sleeve for like how they're gonna tell the stories and how that might tie into the game's lore as well at some point um yeah. yeah i just yeah great so i'm just kind of
2: i feel like <laughs> i might oh, disappoint do, just myself a little bit
0: yeah
2: only because so say you you were like this super star wars fanatic and you had all this canon like like what it was supposed to be in your head and then you got the new star wars movies and you're like oh my god that's kind of how i feel ashes is going to be for me like i have i have all these lore stories or lore build up in my head of how the lore I want it to play out, but I feel like either you can go Steven gives us something really, really awesome that's gonna blow our minds or I'm gonna be really disappointed.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't think it'll be that bad purely because like Star Wars had the like a long list of expanded universe novels and mm. they just said that's not Canon. We're just going to repeat the same story over and over and over.
2: Mm-hmm. But that goes that, why not? That's already started with the uh, the cosmetics we were talking about earlier.
4: Oh, right, <laughs> right.
2: So, like, can we not
4: like, go back on that topic, no, please? Now, so. I to like, <laughs> now I have to like now
2: I have every time they bring out a new cosmetic from here on out, I have to be like, that's not
3: canon. That's yeah. not. Canon. No, exactly. It, it kind of. I don't know if they realized how big of like a bullet in the, in the foot. In the uh, face. In the face <laughs> they did. They pulled there with that tweet <laughs> saying that it was flavor text. I mean, I don't think they said themselves it's flavor text, but they basically said yes, that it was flavor text. I think it was mm. uh, some uh, I think it was Frog that responded that it's flavor text. And they said awesome. like, yeah, it's yeah. just to like it's just to give you uh, give you a bit of Lore to come with it, but it's basically flavor text. And I don't think they're realizing that by doing that, we're gonna start doubting no, that every was, single thing that they said.
2: That uh, that, that tweet I sent you. It, yeah, it's an official response from them. that says that's just flavor text. It's <laughs> it's a freehold skin.
3: Why would you say that? <laughs> they God. shot themselves right in the face by saying that because like now. Every time there's anything resembling lore, I'm always going to either ask them or ask myself, is it real lore or is it just <laughs> is complete
1: bullshit Like, <laughs> what, what is it? it? It wasn't even shooting themselves in the foot, it was that bad they shot yeah. themselves in the face.
3: Yeah. 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 They just went like, straight for my the My heart hands. broke.
4: I'm like...
1: <laughs> oh, Inside See, I'm this crying. That's why I don't True. get too involved in the lore. Before a game actually launches. So
3: here's what I think, okay? And if Steven is listening, uh, that's just a suggestion to think about. It's food for thought. But this game has been promised to deliver to three, and I sincerely believe there are three uh, completely distinct communities. The PvPers, the PvEers, and... mm, they're the role players. I knew you were going to say RP. <laughs> like Steven said again and again that this game will appeal to role players, that they will have an important role in the game, that he is a role player himself, that this whole world is built around an RPG, a tabletop RPG game for Pathfinder. Yeah. So that's just food for thought, a suggestion, but. Get three, like get three to six people. You don't need to have them be Phoenix Initiative. You don't have to have them be like Alpha Zero people, just anybody from the community. And But you need representatives from those communities. You need a group of people that are gonna represent PVPers, PVEers and role players. Not many, maybe three to six, maybe two of each or one of each, And just like exchange ideas with them, with your writers and with your design team to see, you know, say like, does that make any sense? Like consultants kind of deal because those things like this is just flavor text are responses that you don't realize how many people, like how many people's interests you're hurting in the process of just saying that short tweet it's important like to me it's important you make a like you make a response or you make a change regarding your whole like cosmetic uh flavor text idea Mm -hmm. because it's important you have the role players role players are interested in the lore they their role play depends on the lore Mm -hmm. uh just like in ash's creation magic depends on essence well then role players (laughs) depend on lore (laughs) you need to make sure <laughs> you don't screw it up and i'm sure you got good you could like i'm sure they got amazing writers but it's just it's not just about the writing it's about presenting it as well yep okay. thank you for okay. coming to my ted talk this podcast is sponsored by, oh, by the here we go.
0: <laughs> one of these days okay. <laughs> he,
3: will, he will get me back
0: one, of these, <laughs> one of these days
3: he will get sponsored by them and
0: he will want me to make the pitch. It won't happen.
3: <laughs> God damn
0: it. It won't happen. Not in this life or the next friend. <laughs> so, uh, I think we're in a good place here at, to to kind of like wind this one down. I think, I think what I want to pose as a question to the viewers, whether you're watching this on YouTube, listening to it later on Spotify tunes or any of that, like wherever you're engaging in this, uh, my question to you is you know in terms of this story you know what are some things that in terms of lore and the pantheon you would like to see play out maybe some things you wouldn't you know where is your hat head at around all of the seven things we've been talking about how do you feel about it and and just kind of share your thoughts remember whether you you watch this listen to it whether you're here live or not any any of that otherwise uh if you contribute to the conversation, if you engage in being an active listener uh, or, or just with this show in any way, shape or form, you are a Pathfinder, you are an Ashes Pathfinder, you are part of the show. So never uh, shy away from sharing your thoughts, whether it's in the Discord, you can, you can join the, the Discord for the, for my community, uh, you can contribute there, you can comp- contribute via the Twitter. We've got a, a Twitter, it's at Ashes Pathfinder um on twitter so definitely if you're interested in when this is going live you don't want to miss it you can definitely catch it there um but uh i'm gonna go ahead and let you all go ahead and shout out your uh, channels and stuff and then i got a quick announcement so go ahead mackie <clears throat> hi
2: i'm mackie you can catch me on youtube twitch uh ashes forums under the same name Macanage.
3: pacha For me, uh, same name everywhere. It's Pasha TV or on Twitter. It's TV. It's at TV Pacha. You cannot find me on Twitch. You can find me on mixer.com though, though it's that's mixer.com slash Pacha TV. And no, I am not sponsored yet.
0: And congratulations on your recent milestone. I think you had tweeted about, um, yeah, we just hit uh, 130,
3: like uh, 130 followers this morning was it? Pretty uh, pretty fun stream
1: this morning. Yeah,
0: congrats, nice. dude. Thanks, I appreciate it. And then, then Mist, why don't you go in and shout out yours too, man?
1: Oh, you can find me on my YouTube channel, Wandering Mist, and on my stream on Twitch, uh, Wandering Mist Gaming. I'm also very active on the Ashes Official Discord and Ashes Official Forums with the same name.
0: Right on, and uh, of course. Really need to shout out my stuff and things if you find this show anywhere you're on my stuff and things so uh i do want to go in and shout out you know if you've enjoyed the lore conversations or kind of any of the conversations around uh you know the game development and ideas around that i'm going to go in and shout out mackie and miss specifically because they have recently in the past i would say month uh contributed mackie's gotten a couple of lore pieces some over um uh bestiary 2 and then miss has got some kind of talking about uh, different types of elements of just MMORPGs in general and how they relate uh, relate to Ashes of Creation. So definitely would encourage you to check out that as well. Um, if you want to drop comments uh, outside of all the places, you can do that at AshesPathfinders at gmail.com. There's an email. Um, also, um, if you're checking out the Twitter for Ashes Pathfinder, I'm going to be posting a poll this week to gather your thoughts as to whether or not you would like a call-in feature where you could basically call in, leave your thoughts, leave a discussion for the show, or just kind of shout out something related to Ashes of Creation or the show itself. So look for that poll soon. Um, Also big shout out to all of the Patreon supporters and those that are subscribing here on this channel. You literally ensure that I don't have to spend a dime of my own money to produce this content that goes into uh, the, you know, cost that would be incurred for, uh, the uh, Adobe that I use, all of the stuff like posting the podcast, literally none of that comes out of my pocket. Thanks to all of you. But with that being said, as thankful as I am, I do not expect, I will never uh, push or encourage any of you to sub. I The most important thing you can contribute is your time, whether it's here on the show, those comments, following socials, liking the video on YouTube, feed the algorithm. Your engagement is the most... Uh, like important resource you can uh donate aside from your own time so definitely appreciate that and uh the big announcement is that there is another show that is launching this coming week called looking for more it is a general uh discussion show roundtable that will be bringing different developers people that are part of games and development whether it's community members creators uh, Ashes of Creation will be part of that. Other MMORPGs will be part of that. We'll also kind of touch on just things related to gaming in general, gaming culture, right? So game development, things like that. Not necessarily a news show, but a gaming news show, but definitely uh, discussions related to game development, games, and what we really enjoy about gaming in general. Um, so if you're interested, this Thursday at 5 p.m. CDT, the same time as this show, only on Thursday, that show will be launching. Uh, you'll be seeing for the first show, uh, Mackie, uh, Lexer, <clears throat> and Wondering Mist, along with the Nathan Napalm, uh, and myself will be on that show this Thursday. So really excited about it. Um, if you want to go follow that uh, Twitter, I've made it recently, made some really nice artwork for it that I worked really hard on. So I'd love to see your feedback on that, but I'm pretty stoked about it. Uh, I'll share more about what it's supposed to be on Thursday, but it is at the LFM show on Twitter. Um, Same for it's Gmail if you want to contribute to discussion points there as well. But thanks everybody for hanging out today. Thank you, Pathfinders here on the round table and to to those of you in chat and uh, those who will be engaging in this later on uh, all the other places. Thanks so much for your time. And we look forward to seeing you next week until next week, friends. We'll catch you on streams and things. Have a great week. Bye-bye. (laughs)